We all know that teenagers can be moody, but how can you tell the difference between normal teenage reactions and emotions and what may really be early signs of mental health conditions like depression and anxiety? In this episode, we're talking about preteen and teen mental wellness and what you can do as a parent and in the kitchen. Let's dive in. Okay, so today we are talking about teen and preteen mental wellness. I'm really excited about today's episode. And I know that I feel like we say that a lot. But but what got me so excited about this one is that, you know, my kids are not in this stage of life, right? Mine are six and almost nine. But when we started looking into the research, it just, there was so much good stuff, like positive stuff. And so I'm excited to talk about that today. Yes, I am too. And I'm really excited about this topic because I do have kids this age. I have an 11 and a 14-year-old. And I have had definite thoughts, opinions, ideas on this subject area with this age group. And I've dug a little into the research, but to have a reason to really dig more, I loved having a reason to do that. We're going to talk about the prevalence um, and how that's grown. We're going to talk about signs and symptoms, a lot of which you're going to see are very subtle. We're going to talk about why this age, why this period of development may be a little more susceptible to mental wellness or how this particular age could potentially impact mental wellness down the road. Right. It's it's a crucial time period. Yes. We are going to look at the role that diet's playing. You know, I've long thought that the our diet today, the typical American diet, is a key factor in why we're seeing the increase in prevalence in mental health issues across all ages. But we're going to talk about specifically to teens. We have a guest coming on to speak. She, you know, she's going to outline kind of like ways that we can incorporate some of those like really brain strong, like really potent brain healthy foods, but also how we can slowly lay the foundation, even starting in the teen years, for success later in life. So let's transition to our interview now. Well, I'm super excited about our next guest who's going to help us dive a little bit deeper into some of these nutrients and bioactive compounds that we've just talked about. Yeah. Um, So welcome, Kitty, to our podcast episode. Um, So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background on Kitty first before we before we pepper her with a bazillion questions. So Kitty Broyer is a registered dietitian, and she has her master's degree in nutrition communications from Boston University. She started her career out in the publishing industry, writing for, you know, magazine names like Good Housekeeping that we're all really familiar with. And then over the years, she has transitioned more into like an advisory and spokesperson work, which is actually what brings her today because she is the spokesperson for the Wild Blueberry Association of North America. Um, Kitty lives in Maine with her family. And one of her specialties is translating that really challenging science into tidbits that we all can actually understand and put into actionable advice. And she is going to help us do that today. Yeah, I'm excited. 
Um, and she does. She's a parent herself. They're they're grown and older than either of ours. Briarly has um, kids in elementary, and I have an 11 and 14 year old. Tell us, how old are your kids? Oh goodness, my youngest just turned 21, <laughs> and my so that's my daughter, and um, my son is 24. Okay. So well, it's I, been a little while, but it's not like you forget how it was. Exactly. It really sticks in your head. And I love it because you're kind of on the other side of it. Um, so okay. you can give us all your wisdom. Uh. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll try. <laughs> I'm excited to have you because I've been intrigued why wild blueberries specifically ever since I started looking into their research several years ago. And from a personal perspective, my kids are not big vegetable eaters. Um, so I really rely on fruits in particular to get those key nutrients and phytochemicals. Um, and adding a wild, a serving of wild blueberries, um, it seems like one of the best ways to maximize those benefits. But Kitty, can you share with us, with our listeners, what exactly makes wild blueberries unique from other fruits or even other produce? Yeah, so I can easily get into that, but I wanted to speak to your vegetable thing really quick. I totally understand that. Most kids are a little on the picky side about certain vegetables. I lucked out because mine seemed to like a lot of them. In fact, funny story, in third grade, my son's class had to like make a picture of their favorite vegetable or their favorite food, and he drew an artichoke. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Isn't that the most that. bizarre thing? I, I and the teacher that. was like, this is strange. You know, <laughs> where's the pizza? Anyway, um, but so I lucked out in that respect. But I think using fruit to make up those deficiencies or the lack of quantity of produce in the diet is totally the smart way to go. And kids seem to like fruit better. It's sweeter. Um, and... I think the key there is to choose things that aren't super processed. You don't want the super processed versions of the fruit. So you want to get to the whole fruit or the plain frozen fruit. And that's where, you know, wild blueberries has a really good story to tell because nothing needs to be added. It doesn't, it's not sweetened. You know, these berries are picked and they are flash frozen within 24 hours. And they don't have any sugar added. They don't have anything added. They're just plain blueberries, and yet they taste really, really sweet. And they also have a more um, blueberry-ish flavor, I would say, if you try them, because there's less water in them. So they're not like the um, regular blueberries that are called a cultivated blueberry or a high bush blueberry. Wild blueberries are what's called a low bush blueberry, and the berries are themselves are much smaller. And you know, thinking about what's inside those berries, I tend to describe them as because they're small, they're sort of like a concentrated blueberry. It's not that what is in them is so vastly different from high bush blueberries, although they are higher in some um, nutrients that I'll explain in a minute. But if you think about less water and packed into a smaller, you know, uh, space, then you can understand why these wild blueberries are so potent in terms of nutrition, but also in flavor. So most people, when they try them, you know, next to each other or try them at a trade show or a PR event or something at a fair, they're, they're blown away because they are like, 
this is so blueberry-ish compared to a regular blueberry. Yeah. So most people really like them. We are not talking about like a random bush in your grandmother's backyard yes. that you might have gone to to pick them off. And that, because I was, it took me a while to grasp this. Wild blueberries are a specific type. Am I correct in that? Yes. Can you define that own, for? They're their own species. Okay. So yeah, and that example that you gave is exactly what I talk about when I'm talking to the public. And a lot of people think it is. They're like, well, I have these in my yard. And I say, oh, where do you live? And they're like, well, Texas. And I'm like, not really, because wild blueberries, the species that we're talking about, the low bush blueberry, you know, they grow about a foot off the ground. If your bush is taller than that, it is not a wild blueberry plant. And they only grow in places where the glacial soils were, um, where the glaciers receded and left this soil that a lot of plants don't really like, but wild blueberries loved it. Rocky and kind of a tough environment. So they grow in Maine and Eastern Canada and Quebec primarily. Can you share really quick why it's so important that they get flash frozen within those first 24 hours and what oh what yeah that does for, um, for nutrient preservation absolutely yeah um you know compared to foods that have to travel a long distance in a fresh state um you know wild blueberries don't travel well so they had to figure out what are we going to do with these so that we can you know increase the market and have more people get to try them. So they had to be frozen. And luckily, you know, you, you sometimes talking about the value of freezing something at the height of its ripeness and readiness, that's also when its nutrients are typically the most, um, the highest level. Uh, wild blueberries are not those that tend to be impacted as much by freezing. So things like the anthocyanins, for example, are minimally impacted by freezing, whereas, um, you know, something like vitamin C might be more impacted by freezing. Right. So. Vitamin C is like is not as stable. Anthocyanins right. um, are are more stable. But, yeah. you know, in general, the the I just want to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying. In general, the thing about frozen fruits and vegetables is that they typically are frozen when they are at their peak ripeness. So they're really locking yeah. in all of those amazing nutrients. And wild blueberries are, uh, you know, an exceptional right. example. Right, right. Same story. Yeah. And, and and it's so quick. I mean, you have to do that quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. So for our listeners who don't spend a lot of time reading research studies, can you tell us uh, what anthocyanins are? And I also want to add that all three of us have the luxury of having um, higher degrees in nutrition. So we've learned how to say that word. It's It's not that easy to say. So if you don't know how to say it, don't worry about it. Well, and maybe speak to, because anthocyanins, you know, I'm going to mess it up, um, are, in the, are a type of phytochemical. So if you can maybe speak right. to what makes blueberry, wild blueberries unique in when it comes to phytochemicals in them. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, the primary phytochemical. So anthocyanins are the primary phytochemical in or phytonutrient in wild blueberries. And they are also the... Um, the substance that gives the blueberries their purple-blue color. Um, it's found in the skin, but also a little bit in the flesh of the blueberry. And, um, yeah, very stain-promoting. <laughs> so 
you get that jam on your white shirt. It's pretty much all over. But um, yeah, blue teeth, the whole nine yards. Those are the anthocyanins. And those are compounds that have an antioxidant um, capacity in the body that help, you know, combat free radicals, but also help cells and the body in general defend itself from um, damage over time. And um, so a lot of consumers are familiar with what an antioxidant is. They've heard that term before, but they are less familiar with what an anthocyanin is. And, and really antioxidants come in different forms. So it's just a, it's just a different way to further break down that whole antioxidant category of phytonutrients. To recap that wild blueberries are more potent in comparison to other fruits and vegetables, right? In a good way. In yeah. a good way, yes. more potent. <laughs> and way. then yeah. in the body, they're also more powerful. So it's like a it's a double a double benefit. Yeah. That's a great way to to summarize that because that is absolutely the way to think about it. Not only do they have more concentrated nutrients, some of them are more concentrated, um, but yes, their power to bring about health effects in the body, um, or at least be measured as far as the potential to bring about health effects in the body is greater. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good story. And, you know, honestly, most people really like them. It's not like a hard sell to get people to add wild blueberries to their diet. You just have to make sure you're buying wild when you're looking at blueberries in the freezer section, because it's not always easy to tell that, um, you know, there are vastly more bags of regular blueberries than there are wild. So you specifically have to look for the words wild on the packaging. Um, whether that's in the ingredient list or on the front of the package. Yeah. Or you'll be getting regular ones. Can we talk about snacks? Research suggests it's important to include nutrient-rich snack-like foods. Kids love snacks. But that including nutrient-rich ones can be, you know, is a good way to support brain development and kind of lay the foundation for healthy adulthood and just healthy eating habits. Can you share some nutrient-rich snack ideas? Um, that you have? So what are we looking at for a snack? Well, often you're looking for a protein, um, some sort of healthy fat, maybe some fiber. So thinking about those things, those all actually are good brain, brain boosting nutrients as well. So I would rely on what are your, what is your kid like? And often I think it's helpful if the kid helps if the child gets to help prepare it and, and you know, you, you know how that is, they, they're more invested in eating it. It's done, done just the way they want, regardless of if that seems weird to you or not. Um, so if they want, you know, peanut butter with not a banana, but a piece of avocado on it, well, who's to say that's not, not okay. Right. So getting, letting them help do that, um, I think is a big part of it. If you have time, Um, but so my ideas that I typically would do would be a whole grain bread with something like a seed butter, something easy that a child could do themselves, you know, after a certain age, it's not hard to spread peanut butter or seed butter on a piece of bread and then put whatever fruit they want on it. Could be dried fruit, could be fresh fruit, could be frozen wild blueberries, could be anything, a cut up peach, 
Um, so there you're getting nutrients, you're getting some protein, you're getting fiber, and that's a really good package. It could just be one slice of bread with that stuff on it, right? Simple, easy, quick, good. Um, the other thing is a smoothie. Lots of kids love smoothies. You can make small smoothies. If you have more than one child, that's even better because you can make one and just divide it between them. So smoothies are a good one to do for a breakfast, but also for a snack. Um, and you can even have it as the adult too. You know, you can like finish off the, the blender full if it's a little too much for your child because it's all good food. It's yogurt, it's um, fruit. And you know, while blueberries do shine in smoothies, I can tell you, you need less, you need less ice if you use a frozen fruit. Yes, I love that. I, I do not like ice in my smoothies. Me either. Yeah. It always is granular and it makes it dilutes it. And I mean, unless you like it diluted, I just add more milk if I need. But um, so smoothies are a top one. And I think most kids like them. They even get them at school for their school lunches. A lot of times I've noticed um, at the salad bar, there's often a pitcher of smoothies. Really? Yeah. I, I heard that at um, a trade show. Um, that's fantastic with, with lunch, you know, dietitians who coordinate school lunches and organize them. And they say, Oh, we put wild blueberries on our salad bar, but we also make our morning smoothies with it. Wow. I, I don't think I that's happened in Alabama in yet. No, I don't think we've progressed <laughs> that far, but I'm inspired now. I, know, I love that. I yeah. hadn't thought about, um, I always forget about fruit with meats and for kids like my kids age who who really like fruits and they can be particular about their proteins um mine are very particular about their meat proteins that would be another vehicle to potentially you know sweeten the deal and get them you know get them into it sure i i like with pork tenderloin i used to do that a lot it's cooked so quickly i would just cut it into medallions saute it with a little onion and i would just throw in whatever the fruit was so often it was apples but you could absolutely make a little pan sauce with wild blueberries um you could make it with peaches you know it doesn't have to be the traditional apple thing yeah yeah and yeah. some and some seasoning, of course. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they, a little butter. <laughs> maybe yeah, just a little bit of that. Exactly. Yeah. You gotta make you gotta make a sauce, you know. Yeah. So yeah, well, pan sauce is a, is your friend. But you know, one thing I did not talk about was why wild blueberries are good for kids' brains. And yes. there's so much research. So Carolyn, you had mentioned that you saw some research about wild blueberries. There is more and more coming out all the time on brain health, and brain health seems to be this topic that everybody is suddenly more interested in. I could see why people my age in their 50s would be like, oh, geez, I got to start taking care of my brain. Well, you actually need to feed your brain from day one. <laughs> um, and so doing, giving a little thought to your child's brain health as school is starting. And, you know, this is a thing where wild blueberries are really shining these days, not just with young kids, but with teenagers as well. And so if you're interested, I just wanted to highlight a couple of the findings from some of these studies um, on cognition and children and wild blueberries. So we talked a little bit about anthocyanins and antioxidants and, you know, wild blueberries are, you know, overflowing with these anthocyanins, but other foods um, have antioxidant power as well, obviously. What's interesting is that although researchers don't really know how these compounds 
impact exactly how they impact brain health and cognition and mental health, they can see that they have some sort of impact. And so digging down into that is not something that has happened really yet. I mean, the results haven't happened yet. Um, it appears that this group of chemicals called flavonoids, um, which is a really diverse group of bioactive compounds in a large variety of foods, predominantly fruits and veggies, coffee, tea, things like that. Um, it, it, it appears that flavonoids are, are central to this Im impact that these foods might have. And, um, you know, in wild blueberries, anthocyanins are the predominant flavonoid. The Wild Blueberry Association of North America focuses their in research interests on anthocyanins in our product because we do think that that has um, most of the impact. Now, when we eat these foods, it matters what happens to those things in the body. Anthocyanins and other bioactive compounds break down extensively. So those break down extensively into these things that they call metabolites, and there are many, many different ones. And these anthocyanins and their metabolites collect in different parts of the body and are prevalent in your body. They hang in there for a while. That, that's kind of nice. It means that it's good to have a constant supply, but it's not the end of the world. If you only ate vegetables on Tuesday and didn't eat any on Wednesday, you're still going to be able to get those benefits. So these breakdown products from anthocyanins are believed to be what researchers think um, wild blueberries are giving to mental health. What I like about what you said when you looked at the research where there were some immediate effects and then some, you know, down the line is that when I when I put away my dietitian hat and I like really just zone in on my my parenting life, it's nice to know that if I go through the extra effort on Tuesday or Wednesday morning, it's going to pay off. But if I really bomb it on Thursday and Friday mornings, whatever it was that I did on Tuesday and Wednesday still might have some effect later in the week because we can't we can't be on seven days a week. I can't. I mean. No. Feel free to roast perfect. me for that. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and that's such a good point for people trying to feed their kids well. You don't have to be perfect. What you're doing, those little things you're doing or instilling some good habits in them that, you know, they don't have to happen every day, but they will stick with them. And, you know, what you're doing most days is what matters. I've recommended to several people, and I remind myself to just to kind of look at it from a maybe week perspective rather than yeah. a day. I tend to take more of an all or nothing approach if I look at it from the day. But when you look at it from a week and what you want, you know, the number of family meals you want to get in, the fruits, the vegetables, that kind of thing, it's a lot more doable. It is. You can't be perfect. You can't. We can't. You <laughs> I can't. can't. <laughs> no. Well, it is, and that's the way you have to think about your own nutrition as well, right? It's not just applying to kids. It's applying to all of us. Yeah. Uh, what you're doing on a daily basis or nearly daily matters, but if you're not, if you miss a day, it's not the end of the world. So it's, it's a relief to people to yeah. not have to think about that. I mean, this was awesome. Fabulous. I yeah. loved it. You gave great advice. We talked about okay. some awesome studies and I feel like hopefully we made parents feel more empowered and less anxious about what they 
you know, what they can be doing. This has been such great information. I mean, it, it from, really has. From a nutrition and a parent standpoint for me. Um, thank you so much for being with us. Can you share really quickly where our listeners can get more information on wild blueberries or some of the research associated with, you know, wild blueberries or other good brain healthy foods? The Wild Blueberry Association has a website and it is wildblueberries.com. Very simple. And people can go there. And one of our new things that we have is a brain health food guide called Cognition Kitchen, which is downloadable. And it's got information, not just about wild blueberries, but a a variety of food. Um, There's recipes in there, there's science, there's references. It's really a nice little guide and it's free. But definitely the Wild Blueberry site also has many, many, many recipes, including, geez, probably a hundred smoothie recipes. Uh, So if you're looking for recipes, if you're looking for references to the science or more information, wildblueberries.com is where to go. Thank you so much, Kitty. I hope you you. have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. It was so much fun talking to you guys. (laughs) Bye. Today's episode is sponsored by Wild Blueberries. They're a trade association of growers and processors of wild blueberries from Maine and Canada. You can learn more about them by going to wildblueberries.com. Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.